The Problem with Black Culture, Part 1, The Strong Black Woman. Mr. Reagan. Russian culture has a variety of problems. Too often, men are misogynist. Their society is structured under a patriarchy of the type American feminists decry. Domestic abuse, wife-beating, is actually a serious problem in Russia. Now, if I criticize Russian culture in this way, certainly no one will claim that I'm a racist. I can criticize Sweden or Germany or the UK. I can criticize various white subcultures in America, and this is all fine. But if a white person in America criticizes black culture, well, (laughs) then... They are just a racist. But this mentality is toxic. It's not just toxic to the other cultures that are not permitted to express their concerns, but it's toxic to the black culture that has been inoculated against all criticism. This is because criticism is entirely necessary for growth. In order to improve, one must first be made aware of the problem that needs fixing. The utter rejection of any problems within the black community over the past 50 years has created a serious problem within this experiment we call the multicultural society. A few days ago, this assaulted all of us via social media. People are getting really out of control with this. With this white privilege. I'm at the grocery store. And I'm in the tin out. The out that says 10 items or less. Yes, I have 15 items. But I'm nine months pregnant, and I can't stand up for long. And this white man comes up to me and says, You lazy son of a bitch. He says, You lazy son of a bitch. You need to go back where you came from. And he says that. I said, Sir, you don't even know me. I'm not lazy. I'm nine months pregnant. He says, You're ignorant. You're ignorant. People need to see the hate that is going on in this country. The hate is real. The hate is real. The hate is real. This was, of course, a complete fabrication. But before I go into my deep dive analysis, I'd like you to think about becoming an angel investor, much like the investors on Shark Tank. Now, I was, no joke, thinking about this just this morning, and then my manager sends me this this thing to promote, so... I may actually do this myself. Here's the line from the company. Imagine if you had received a personal invitation to invest $50 in Uber when it was just a startup. On IPO day, you could have made $248,250. That same $50 invested in Amazon before it IPO'd could have made you over $7 million. Mike Marcula was Apple's first angel investor. On IPO day, his windfall was already 220,552%. But that was when Apple was only worth $1.8 billion. Think about how much Markula's net worth grew as Apple blazed a path to becoming the first $1 trillion company in U.S. history. And without him, iPhones, Apple Watches, iPads, and other devices we use every day might not ever have been invented. Look at the surprising returns from these popular startup companies. One earning 583,264% return on investment. What would you rather be, an angel investor or IPO investor? The choice is clear as day. How would you feel if you could get in on the ground floor of the hottest startups this year that everybody's fighting for? Fortunately, Shark Tank's Robert Herzvek and his team of ultra-successful angel investors are here to help deliver angel deals delivered to you on a silver platter. 
Watch the free video at getangelrich.com or click on the link in the description and see how you can participate in these lucrative deals before they hit the mainstream market. That's getangelrich.com. All right, now back to the crazy lady. So yes, as we all know by now, the crazy woman's insane rant was a complete fabrication. Yes, he is one of those annoying little people who irritatingly nitpicks at the stupidest little things like a lady going through the express aisle with too many items. Like, who cares, dude? Get a life. However, the woman totally overreacted, obviously, with the most hysterical, overly dramatic Facebook Live video in the history of Facebook Live videos. I don't usually cry, but I just had to tell everybody what's going on in this world. It's real. And I know y'all see Elon Omar and y'all see all this stuff about center back and stuff like that, but it's getting out of control. It's inciting so much hate. And I've never been, I have never been, nobody's ever told me that or yelled at me as an adult in my adult life. I've never had a white man come up to me and say those things to me. I was shocked, y'all. I was so shocked. And half of me wanted to fight. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm the victim of racism. Now, this woman is not just a random citizen. She's Erica Thomas, a public figure in Georgia. So her declarations of injustice and bigotry will inevitably reach a broader audience and be taken far more seriously than a random person crying foul. She has a very serious job. She's a respected professional. And so people take her word seriously. People will be compelled by her words. In fact, her Facebook Live video was so compelling that national public political figures actually commented on it. And the press, hungry for a juicy story on a racist white man, actually gathered outside the grocery store where this all went down for a press conference with this poor victim of racial prejudice. The keystone to her racism claim was that this guy told her to go back to where she came from. This is, of course, particularly loaded language, considering that Trump recently tweeted a very similar thing to AOC and the squad, and the tweet was widely interpreted by insincere leftists as being racist. So the same language adopted by a white man cast at a black woman in a grocery store spat is going to have obvious implications. She knew precisely what she was saying and how it would be received, evoking that very specific language. So here's the thing about a hysterical Facebook rant by a black public figure condemning a white man for being racist. There is no chance of being counterpunched. I mean, you see a random guy in a grocery store rant about him online, and to everybody who watches, watches this video, he's just this nameless, faceless white man without any recourse. White men everywhere are slapped with the racist label once again, and nobody can say a word against her because unless you're the white man who shouted at her, you don't really know what, what happened. You, you, can, you can speculate, you can be skeptical, but you can't really know what happened for sure. Only the guy involved does, and he's not going to speak up. He probably would never even hear about it, and even if he did, why put himself out there? And that was what this nasty woman was banking on, an accusation without challenge. She would become a victim, folk hero, and this white guy would become just another anonymous symbol of the evil white colonial power oppressing poor ethnic minorities. But this nameless, faceless guy had a name, and he had a face, and he did not fade quietly away into the night. The guy she accused of racism showed up at her press conference. This woman was in the express lane that says 10 items or less, 
two other lanes completely free open. I go pay for my three items in one of the other lanes. It frustrated me to see her there with that many items in her. She had about 20 items, so that frustrated me. I thought about it for a second, almost walked out, walked back in, went up to the lady, which I did not know her name, did not know her stature as a state legislature or anything, and asked Sir, her... you don't get a spotlight. You don't get anything at all. Because you degraded me and you berated me, and everybody needs to see you know your face on camera. camera. Right? Yes, I know it's on camera. And Security everybody needs camera to know that too. you, what you did to me, and what you did to me as a woman that is nine months pregnant, and you think you're going to get away with this? Good no, luck, you're not. You are going to jail. This Good speaks luck, for every black, brown, and any woman that's out there that's nine months pregnant, and a white man comes up to you and calls you a son of, of, I don't care what I'm you are. White. Yes, you are. And I am facing the man that degraded me and berated me, and I'm not crying. No, I'm not. I'm standing right in front of you. And if you know how you made me feel yesterday, I am so Back happy off. that you're here. Am and I'm I happy arrested? that everybody needs to see this man that did this to me. And he thinks that he gets a five minutes of fame. You think that you're going to come up when you see police, when you see SB, SB 46, you think you're going to come up here and get a spotlight? No, you're not. The only spotlight that you're going to get is everybody needs to see the man that did this to a woman that's nine months pregnant. Are you a state legislator? Thank you. Nobody is here for you. Are you a state Nobody legislator? You. Thank you. We can continue my interview. Okay, we want to hear from both of you. Yeah, we um, want to hear both sides. No. Boom. Blindsided. <laughs> she did not see that coming. Look how uncomfortable she is. This is hilarious. All right, so then he clears things up a little bit. I said, ma'am, not to be rude, my exact first word, pointing at the sign, which shows it on the surveillance camera, which I've seen already. Pointing at the sign, 10 items or less. She, she berates me after that. I don't remember exactly what she said, but on camera she approached me, came towards me, as I took a couple steps back, she said a few words. I do not recall exactly what those words were. I said, you're selfish. I stated, well, you're selfish little B-I-T-C-H. I did say that. That's all I said after that, and I walked out of public. Her words stating on Twitter in her video, stating I told her she needs to go back where she came from, are untrue. Yes, he was being a weaselly little prick. Yes he pointed out that she was being inconsiderate and entitled, and she was. I mean, it wasn't worth pointing out. I would not have approached her, but he did not tell her to go back where she came from. And not only that, he's Cuban. He's not even a white American guy. He's Cuban. He's a Cuban American guy. I am Cuban. I am not white. In the late 60s and 70s, I felt racism and prejudice. I'm not playing the victim. This woman, Miss Thomas, playing the victim for political purposes because he's a state legislator. I'm a Democrat, number one. I vote Democrat party line. All my statements are anti-Trump, anti-Republican, anti-racism, anti-bigotry. This lady does not know me. She's using this to get on camera for her political purposes. And not only did he not tell her to go back where she came from, she told him that. And you said he made comments about go back to yeah, he made all these comments, and I told him, and, and you can see me, I don't know me, him and the thing, I told him, no, you, you go back, you leave, you go, you go, you leave, that's my, that's what my statement was to him, after he tried to break me, I said, you go, you leave, and you can see my hand in the camera, doing like this, go, leave, leave me alone. And then she said, um, 
you can go back to where you came from and was pointing him out the door. And that's that's what he said to her. No, she said that to him. You can go back to where you came from to him. He just kept calling her ignorant. So he didn't say go back to where you came from? No, I did not hear that from him at all. Okay. I heard that from her. Okay. He just kept calling her ignorant. Now, one more thing that made her criticism of the weasel more compelling was that he was, quote-unquote, verbally assaulting a pregnant woman. <sighs> All right, now, this is a sensitive subject, but I will dare to broach it anyway. Erica Thomas, no one can tell that you're pregnant. There, I said it, I said it, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But you used this particular detail to make the weasel seem particularly cruel. But how could he possibly have known that? Erica, you are a big girl, all right? There's no way that anyone can tell that you're pregnant. If you want to play the race card, the woman card, and the pregnant mother card, you need to eat a few carrots, all right? Okay, okay, I'm done, I'm done, I'm sorry. I know that was harsh, but she brought it upon herself. Finally, in a sad attempt to salvage her character from this dumpster fire of a hoax, she claimed that she feared for her life. <laughs> she feared for her life. <laughs> he just still kept going on and on, and I was scared to leave there because I thought he was gonna follow me to my car. Take out a gun, you just never know. I was scared for my life. I ran out of that store after I paid for my groceries, not knowing and fearing for my life from what I've seen all over this country where people have just taken justice upon themselves and tried to take justice on themselves and have hurt people. Look at this monster towering over this guy. He looks like a child next to her. It's like an orc challenging a hobbit. And check out this surveillance video. She's not wilting away like a frightened wallflower. She's going after him honey badger style. This is the honey badger. They have no regard for any other animal whatsoever. Honey badger don't care. Honey badger don't give a shit. It just takes what it wants. The honey badgers have a fairly long body, but a distinctly thick set, broad shoulders, and you know, their, their skin is loose. The honey badger has been referred to by the Guinness Book of World Records as the most fearless animal in all of the animal kingdom. It really doesn't give a shit. So this woman is a joke. She's being called the female Jussie Smollett, and hilariously in 2015, she tweeted that she was his biggest fan. I guess she was a, a big fan of Smollett in more ways than just his acting, huh? So the question is, why, why did she do this? Why did she make this stuff up and agree to a press conference, etc.? Why did she berate this guy in the first place after he merely accosted her with a minor annoyance? Well, one motivation is obvious. The woman wanted attention. She accidentally reveals this motivation in her accusation against the guy. And ask Sir, her, you don't get a spotlight. You don't get anything at all. Because you degraded me and you berated me. And everybody needs to see you your face on camera. On camera right? And he thinks that he gets a five minutes of fame. You think that you're going to come up when you see police, when you see SB, SB 46, you think you're going to come up here and get a spotlight? No, you're not. Nobody is here for you. Are you a state Nobody legislator? This is called projection. This is very common with the left, accusing others of that which you yourself are guilty. But I think there is a far more subtle and pervasive motivation, and that is the motivation of respect. But not just average respect. We all want to be respected. But this woman wants absolute respect, absurd respect, queen bee level respect. And I think that requiring this level of respect 
is pervasive among black women specifically. Now, generalizing in any way with regard to black people by white people is not tolerated in America. However, this is not just me. This phenomenon is so ubiquitous, it has become a cliche in film. Okay, your song now. Next, come on up here, baby, hurry up. I ain't got no There's even a TED Talk about this. I'm not joking. My name is Angela Shaw. For those of you who did not know, I am the angry black woman. <laughs> After high school, I went right into the working world. And oh, was I militant. I was not taking anything from anybody because I was smart, hardworking, and ambitious. I am a college-educated, hardworking, two-time nonprofit association president, subject matter expert in my chosen field. So when the educated, experienced black woman steps into the room, ready to live her life out loud as a subject matter expert with a seat at the table without apology, it sometimes scares people. This is when the angry black woman label was born. It came in the form of managers, coworkers, and later subordinates telling me that they didn't like the way I spoke to them. Being angry does not mean that you're violent or that you have bad behavior. It does not mean being aggressive. Sometimes it was a look. It was just a look that people did not seem to take to. I am a vibrant human being. Vibrant human beings express a wide range of emotions. I give myself permission to be and to feel. And I want you, I want all of you to grant me this same grace. Thank you. This woman claims that other people perceive her negatively when they shouldn't. And I think that's the real problem here. If there's a, a negative pattern in how you're perceived, you have to change yourself. This woman doesn't want to change, however. She thinks that instead, society should change around her. Society needs to accommodate her. Why should she change to accommodate society? And I guess that's why she did this TED Talk. She calls the phenomenon the angry black woman, but I don't actually call it that. I call the phenomenon the strong black woman. I'm a strong black woman. Why do I use such a positive label? Because I think that the reason why some black women feel that they are entitled to be uh, insufferably horrible to those around them, to respond to the slightest disrespect with the full force of hell's fury, is that there is this idea in black culture about being a strong black woman. Now, there's nothing wrong with being a strong woman, but the concept of being a strong black woman is a twisted one, not resembling anything remotely like strength. Not permitting anyone to disrespect you in the slightest, most insignificant way is not strength. That's called being insufferable. And oftentimes, disrespect has nothing to do with the actions or intentions of the target of the woman's rage. But, but there seems to be this cultural expectation that black women must react like a charging rhinoceros every time they suspect anyone of being disrespectful at all. And it's not just black women, of course, and, and obviously not all black women are like this, but it seems to me that it is particularly encouraged in black women through black culture. And I think originally the idea of the strong black woman might have come from the fact that so many black women uh, are they're single mothers, right? And that, that's a tough 
thing. It's tough to raise your kids on your own. And if you're a strong black woman, that's great. It's an invaluable virtue to be strong. And there's this idea that uh, black moms can cannot, under any circumstances, be disrespected by their children. And that's fine. That is a fine way to parent if, if you're a single mother. But you've got to restrict that to your kids. You cannot treat everyone in society like you treat your children. The idea of the strong black woman is something I see promoted in TV, in film, in music, all the time. So we've established the actus reus. What was the mens rea? Wesley Gibbons. The mens rea? Day one and you're unprepared? No. Well, um, yes, but I didn't know there was anything to prepare. I emailed the assignment to the entire class two days ago. Oh, I didn't get that. Mr. Gibbons, as a defense attorney, I spend most of my time around professional liars. So you have to work really hard to fool me. Why is she so angry? She's teaching a class. Be cool, lady. I think that the confusion here is that there is this impulse that, that many people have, that this false notion that anger is an effective way to command respect. But anger only commands the pretense of respect. People are willing to show respect to an angry person in order to placate them. Most people find that it's too much of a hassle to deal with an irrationally angry person, so they'll be respectful as a pretense. Once that angry person leaves, everybody ridicules them and laughs at them behind their back. But Hollywood continues to promote the strong black woman attitude as if it's a cool way to be. This is valued. On the other hand, if a teacher character is portrayed as a white man and he has an angry attitude toward the students, this is usually done in order to characterize him negatively, often as pure evil. The only way to show a white male teacher positively in film is to show him as inspirational. We're not laying pipe. We're talking about poetry. How can you describe poetry like American bandstand? Well, I like Byron. I give him a 42, but I can't dance to it. Now I want you to rip out that page. Go on. Rip out the entire page. Go on. Rip it out. Thank you, Mr. Dalton. Gentlemen, tell you what, not just tear out that page, tear out the entire introduction. Rip it out! Rip! Be gone, J. Evans Pritchard, PhD. Rip! Shred! Tear! Rip it out! I want to hear nothing but ripping of Mr. Pritchard. We'll perforate it, put it on a roll. <laughs> not the Bible, you're not going to go to hell for this. Medicine, law, business, engineering, these are noble pursuits and necessary to sustain life. But poetry, beauty, romance, love... These are what we stay alive for. To quote from Whitman, O oh me, O oh life of the questions of these recurring, of the endless trains of the faithless, of cities filled with the foolish, what good amid these, O oh me, O oh life? Answer, that you are here, that life exists, that the powerful play goes on and you may contribute a verse. What will your verse be? And this is how it should be. Teachers should be inspirational. Again, contrast that with this. Let me help you out. Actus reus means guilty act, the poisoning of Mr. Kaufman with an aspirin, whereas mens rea means guilty mind. 
So what was Miss Sadowski's mens rea? To kill. Will the individual who just spoke please stand and repeat the answer? The mens rea, also referred to as intent, was to kill Mr. Kaufman. Never take a learning opportunity away from another student. No matter how smart you need everyone to think you are. Why not show the strong black woman character as inspirational? Why show her as angry? For no reason. The earliest instance of this that I could think of is the song Respect by Aretha Franklin. At that point, the message was pretty tame, and I would say reasonable. But then things got crazy. By the time Beyonce released Independent Woman, the idea had been fouled up beyond all recognition. Question. But at the end of the day, this does not hurt society as much as it hurts the insufferable strong black woman herself. How can anyone function in society, much less thrive, if they're acting like a lunatic with every perceived impertinence? You can't. I once got a call from a DoorDash delivery woman. The woman asked if I lived at a department store that she was next to. Her, she had driven up to a department store. And I said, no, no, I live in an apartment building. And I gave her my address again. And she said, yeah, okay, that's the address that she had, but she couldn't see my apartment building. So she asked if I would come down to street level. Now, ordinarily, I would. I pay specifically, I pay extra, actually, for people to come to my door on all these apps. Uh, but sometimes it's hard for them, so I come down. But on this particular day, I was on an important call, and I told the woman that I was sorry, but I, I really couldn't come down, and that she'd have to use her GPS uh, to work out how to get to my apartment. I told her that I, I really had to switch back to the other call, um, I didn't have time to talk this through, and that she'd have to figure it out herself. And as I was switching back to the other call, I heard her say, and I'm not kidding, Ah, hell no! <laughs> It was just like a movie. It was hilarious. Ah, hell no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, hell no. How dare I ask a woman to do the job I was paying her for? But there was this idea in her mind, I suppose, that the person that uh, she was doing the job for uh, needed to accommodate her. She was too important to have to accommodate the person she was hired by, me. But that's your job. Whenever I encounter somebody in a service job with a really bad attitude, I always think, why are you doing this job? There are tons of jobs in the world, all kinds of different kinds of jobs. Just find a different job. If you hate serving people, don't get a job serving people. I used to be a waiter for a catering company, and I performed every job with as much precision and elegance as I possibly could. I, I tried to be gracious and charming with everybody that I served. And in fact, I've done tons of service jobs, and I've done this with every single service job I've ever done. When I was 15, I even worked at Burger King, and I even did it there. Because that's your job. You're being paid to interact with people in a positive way. And even in jobs that are not service-oriented, if you're, if you're not going to allow anybody to disrespect you in any way ever, real or imagined, well, then you're going to have a heck of a time keeping any job. You just can't treat your boss like crap every time he criticizes you. You're going to get fired. Sometimes it's best to just be a little humble. A little humility goes a long way. So how do we fix this? How do we shift black culture away from encouraging women uh, from being insufferable, strong black women? Uh, I talked about this a lot with people before writing the script for this video, and the conclusion I came to was that this problem stems from a lack of self-confidence. It's an inferiority issue similar to the Napoleon complex. Uh, there's a stereotype about short men that they tend to be they tend to be angry and aggressive in order to make up for their small stature. Why is it okay for women to say, "Oh, you're five feet on dating sites. You should be dead." That's okay. Who said that to you here? Nobody. 
Women in general have said it on dating sites. You think I'm making that shit up? Everywhere I go, I get the same fucking smirk with the biting lip. Dude, you wanna step outside? You wanna step outside? I had an attack. Oh my god. Oh my god. I just had bagels. Now, as hilarious as this clip is, the little man's fury is erupting from a very serious insecurity about his height. If this guy genuinely had confidence, genuinely believed that he was awesome, uh, he would probably never act like this in his adult life. He's running around in a perpetual state of frustration over his perceived inequity. But he just needs to accept it. You're short, buddy. It's cool. There are much worse things to be than short. And you know what? There are some really hot short girls out there. Go lift some weights, get a better attitude, maybe get a nose job, and get yourself a hot short girl and be happy. And I think that maybe the strong black woman suffers from the same sort of thing. I think that many of these kinds of irrational forms of anger come from perceived inequity. There is this idea that the world has dealt them a poor hand for whatever reason, and they're taking what's owed to them in the form of absolute respect. But... No one's going to give the respect of an empress to a random black lady working at the post office. I imagine that most people will give you the same respect that they give to everybody else, but it's unreasonable to demand more. You're just a person like the rest of us. The strong black woman seems to demand respect simply because she's a black woman. And that doesn't tend to inspire respect in most other people. So what does inspire respect in people? Well, I'll tell you. Being an awesome person, being kind, being charming, being fun, smart, humble, uh, being fashionable, going the extra mile to help somebody, going out of your way to make a stranger happy. Instead of taking pride in being a strong black woman, take pride in being a good person. Instead of demanding respect from everyone, give respect to everyone, and I guarantee you will get all the respect that you want in return. But it takes a lot to be awesome. It takes a lot to be kind, to be charming, fun, smart, and humble. It takes confidence. It takes a positive sense of self-worth. So how do we give these black women their confidence? Not strong black woman confidence, but real confidence. Confidence to go out in the world and not feel like they have to be angry all the time. Well, I think it comes down to education. First of all, we need to privatize the school system, create vouchers and get rid of districting laws and take down the teachers unions. And we need to stop trying to diversify every profession. It's such a stupid thing. We need, we need more black people in this profession or that profession. No, we don't. We need more great people. Black, white, green, or blue. Every profession needs more great people. Not more people of a particular culture. Whatever's been going on in the education system in the past 50 years has not worked to improve the lives of black Americans. If a school with only white teachers, only white teachers, were featured on the news, there would almost certainly be people who would criticize that school for a lack of diversity. And there would be calls for more racial diversity in the makeup of the faculty. But if a school were featured with only black teachers, no one would say a thing. There would be no calls for diversity. No one would say, that school needs more white teachers. But maybe, maybe that's exactly what black schools need. Maybe the problems with black culture are only reinforced by black teachers. Every culture has problems, but most cultures work to fix their problems because with most cultures, it's not verboten to observe those problems, to express a criticism and to propose solutions. 
But no one is allowed to criticize black culture. Even black public figures who criticize black culture are lambasted by other black people. So maybe some Asian teachers should come in, white teachers, Jewish teachers, Hispanic teachers. Maybe what the black schools need is a little diversity. Maybe black culture could use some more diverse influences. And I think that this can be accomplished with a strong push for privatization. Well, that's it for me. And remember, it's not that our liberal friends are ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. Good night. Those who would trade our freedom for the soup kitchen of the welfare state have told us they have a utopian solution of peace without victory. They call their policy accommodation. They say we offer simple answers to complex problems. Well, perhaps there is a simple answer. That we want our national policy based on what we know in our hearts is morally right.